Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. And thank you to all of you for listening. My name is Tyler, and I'm here with Jamie and Andy. You guys doing good? I am doing fantastic. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well. It's it's good to be back. Yeah, we're all it's three back. here in yes. person. Yeah, for, people can't see that. You, you don't we're see that. back. <laughs> people can't see it, but we are in the same room. We're so happy to be in the same room. Yeah, I mean, for three months now, we've been doing this through Zoom. I know. Social distancing. And so now we are... Like, I could almost touch you if I wanted to, Tyler. Don't do it, man. I'm not going to. Yeah. We're still maintaining distancing, still, but yeah, if I yeah, wanted yeah. to, I could just run over and tackle you, you right really now. To. I could just yeah. tackle you right it's now. It's good to have that option. It is. It's good to have options. It yeah. Is. But no, we are so glad to be here. Thank you, Tyler, for the introduction. Thank you for everybody listening. So, wherever you're listening from, thank you for checking us out. Uh, this has been a great, great ride since January 1, year of 2020, the year of transformation. And what a year the it year, has been. The year of something. The year of the doozy. <laughs> That's right. Remember last, last week? week? Last week, yeah. we, we uh-huh. changed the name from transformation to doozy. And one doozy yep. of the year. <laughs> we need to make a bumper sticker. 20. 20- that's hey now we're talking yeah it's, yeah now you're talking we're gonna make a bumper sticker mm-hmm. 2020 what a doozy of a year <laughs> the doozy yeah it's um I, I find myself almost every day not almost I, every day I find myself out loud saying what is happening <laughs> I mean seriously I'm like every day I just sit sit whether it's with my wife Stacy or here at the office or whatever I'm going what is going on like can you believe this I, I had lunch yeah. today with one of our staff guys and half the time I kept just saying. Can you believe what's happening like right now? <laughs> this is I mean who would have who would have guessed that all uh, this is happening. So 2020 nope. started off fantastic. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it really and, feels like it yeah. all started kind of like in January. It's like the new year came yeah. and then it just yeah. Yeah. really started. So right. that's what feels It got odd. out of hand pretty quick, didn't it? Did. It? <laughs> it did. That really escalated. That really That really escalated. That really got out of hand. Yeah, we started yeah. January. You know, January everybody's like it's a new year. Yeah. Hopes, dreams, like let's go for it. It's gonna Get be the your gym best membership. Yeah. Gym member- mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Best year, best year of our lives. <laughs> January's rolling around good. February, you're doing well. And then you start hearing something like, oh, there's something there's going something on. Something coming. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. happened. And March hits and then oh my goodness. And then yeah. from there. And then of course, right on the heels of all the coronavirus, which is still happening, you know, now we're dealing as a nation with all the racial tension that is that is happening yeah. and, and you know, the racial tension that happened with the unfortunate shootings. And then the deaths and then the rioting, which mm-hmm. was on top of that, mm-hmm. uh, mixed in with a lot of peaceful protesting mm-hmm. happening. And of course, here yeah. we're in Raleigh, the capital yeah. city, and we've had our share of all that. Yeah. You know, I remember sitting there. I remember the first night I started watching when Raleigh started to protest. And I started to think, you know, we're, we're not we're not like Minneapolis. We're not like L.A. or New York City. Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching the CVS burn down in Raleigh mm-hmm. going, oh, yeah. my goodness, it's right here in Raleigh. Yeah. And so not only was it the coronavirus, but now we've got that tension in the atmosphere. And mm-hmm. the good thing, I think, at least, is that it's creating good conversations, yeah. uh, at least at least for me. For me and for Crossroads Fellowship and our church, I think it has created very, very good conversations with people to use our voice, to speak up. And to ask questions mm-hmm. and just to say, you know, I, you know, just to say, I don't know what the answer is and that's okay yep. too. But ironically, it all still is part of transformation. <laughs> so yeah. even though it's a doozy of the year, God knew that this was going to be a year of transformation yeah. for all of us. And so I do want to put a little plug though, because, and I want to get to a message that I talked about uh, not that long ago, uh, a 
because here's the thing, even though all this is happening in the world, I think the tendency for a lot of people is to, oh, forget that we have a Bible mm-hmm. and forget that the answers are actually in the Bible and forget that you and I are still called to live a godly life, even when we have the coronavirus, even when there's racial tension, even when there's real strong emotional feelings that people have, it does not excuse anybody to do it outside the bounds of scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. So little plug on our Bible reading plan, by the way. So <laughs> yep, little plug. We are now in the book of Psalms. We are we have made it mm-hmm. and we yeah. are almost halfway through. Almost halfway through. Oh, okay. I was like, not yeah. the book of Psalms. No, no, so. almost halfway through the Bible. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but for those of us, yeah. uh, for those that are listening now as a church, we started to read scripture together from January 1 all the way through the end of the year. And we haven't stopped yeah. that, by the way. We're still doing that. And I think even more so now, it's important for us to get into scripture to see exactly what does the Bible say about how things are going and what does the Bible say about how we're supposed to live our life. Mm-hmm. So if you want more information about it, if I may, go to crossroads.org slash 2020. And I think that's very important that we do that. We have Bible reading plans. We're using yep. an app. Um, we're using the Bible app, and we're using a plan on the Bible app. We're doing it canonically, so we're doing it from Genesis to Revelation, and it's powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know about you, but it, and I keep using the word, but it's true. It really is transformational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really is. The especially being in the Psalms right now. Oh yeah, it's been so good with you yeah. know all the emotions that are kind of going around right now and just all the emotions that I'm feeling personally to to sit down and read five or six psalms and yes. uh, you know to hear the writers they're just kind of maybe calling out to God and being like where are you yeah. or you know they're boldly declaring like yeah. you are my strength and my refuge uh, it's been really good time for me kind of going through these psalms yeah that's oh, a good yeah. point because you know the writer of psalms it depends on which psalm you're in. It's almost like he's all over other. the map sometimes, and even within the same chapter. Sometimes, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even in the same yeah. chapter, he's like, "God, you're awesome. You're my rock." And then two verses later, <laughs> "God, where are, where you? are you? Why <laughs> have you, you abandoned me? Why have you yeah. left me? Yeah. Oh wait, though, yeah. there you are. God, mm-hmm. thank you." Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think that it is. It feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels like that. Yeah. So the good news, though, Jamie, is yes, Andy. Are, do you know what I'm going to say? Um, Some good news. Oh, there's good so. news. There's good news. Well, I don't know what you're going to say. What's the good news, Andy? <laughs> it's Why the don't best you tell news. us? I'm going to tell you. Okay. We have church now. We have church in now. In the building. Yes, I forgot. In <laughs> the building. We the sure building. do. You we forgot are, we had church in the well, building? Well, no, I forgot that was the good news, but it, oh, I mean, yeah. it sure is. We are it open. Mm-hmm. What are you most yeah. excited about that, Jamie? About being open? Yeah. Well, I'm a highly relational person. I have very much missed just being able to get, I know, and we're still social distancing, so yeah. it's not like the hugging. Because you're also a hugger. I'm a hugger, and it's not like the hugging can return. How are you doing returned. with that, by the way? Oh, it's really difficult. Is it? <laughs> it is. It is. And what's yeah. hard, too, is that like I, I want to hug, but then I, but I don't. And so it's hard when people that I would hug, you know, it's just that yeah. awkward, you know. It, Awkward is a oh, very good word for it. It really is awkward. It's awkward. Let's yes. just let's just say it. It's awkward. Yeah, because people it, know me as a hugger, so they think yeah. I'm going to be okay with that, and they start yeah. to go in, and, and we can't right it, now. It, we shouldn't. Yeah, it's as yeah. awkward as, as Tyler's beard action over here. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, you know. I, like that. I just saw that. <laughs> uh huh. Looking good. Yeah, thanks, man. Looking good for a 12 year old. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I do what I can. Yeah. Hey, listen. Yeah, I understand that. So yeah. it. it <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It's awkward. Speaking of speaking awkward. Of, <laughs> speaking of awkward, uh, it, it is. It, it, yeah. Awkward is a. That's a great word, Jamie. Because as much as I love that church is back open. Yeah. It is awkward. Yeah. There's it, some new things to navigate. Yeah. yeah. Because um, this is only our second Sunday being re. Now right. let me let me give the disclaimer. 
because I know that somebody listening right now is going, but the church was never closed. <laughs> right. We are the church. The church is not a building. We still have online service. Yes. I know. <laughs> Sounds like you've heard that. Yeah, I have. I, I Once or twice. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I've said that a billion times. A lot of times. Yeah. So let me just dis- disclaimer. Yes, we never stopped having church. Nope. And the church is absolutely more than a building. It's more than just what we do on Sunday morning. It is every day. And in fact, in many ways, what we're going through as a country with coronavirus, I think has actually made the church stronger. 100%. I, 100%. Yes. Yeah. And, and so yes. it's caused us to be the church and to mm-hmm. do church in our neighborhoods and yes. and everything like that. But there is something also biblical and spiritual and theological about coming together as the yes. church. Mm-hmm. And the first time that, that we saw people just worshiping together, mm-hmm. even though we're social distancing, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, you're a worship mm-hmm. leader, worship pastor. And you've been leading worship in an empty room. Yeah. And now you get to do it in front of people. Yeah, it's, it, it feels really, <laughs> really good. I mean, it's been good it to still stay connected yeah. virtually, but, you know, yeah, yeah it's, there's something about being in a room together and you're, you're doing it together. It's, it's communal. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So we have yeah. a 9 and 11 at the Millbrook campus, and we have a 9 and 11 at the Wake Forest campus. But Wake Forest is yeah. a drive-in church, by the way. Yeah. It's not in the building. It's drive-in because that building's smaller, and we are adhering to all social distance guidelines. Very important people understand that. Yeah. So just to make it real quick, because I know we want to jump into a couple other things. Uh, if you want more information, you can go to crossroads.org slash coronavirus. Crossroads.org slash coronavirus. And all the information is in there about what we're doing as a church. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, we we have been preaching along with our Bible reading plan. We kind of stepped away from that for a recent sermon because yep. you just felt, one week. Yeah. For one week, you felt like the Lord had really placed a specific message um, on your heart and you titled this sermon Returning to Holiness. Let's yeah. chat about it. Yeah, you're right. You know, we've been preaching every week from where we're reading in the Bible, but for a couple of weeks now, Ephesians chapter four has been it really has been on my heart a lot because I'm seeing a lot of the the hurt. I'm seeing people with a lot of hurt, yeah. uh, people with a lot of questions, people with a lot of fear, people who are angry. A lot of people are angry right now. Yeah, and and I'm not saying angry in a sinful way necessarily. Now, we know like there are sinful ways to operate in anger, but you know, people have really justified and righteous anger. And I see a lot of people wondering, what, do, how do I deal with this? So as part of the message, there was one point that was simply entitled Speak Life. And Ephesians chapter four, and really all I want to do, because I know we got an interview we're going to get to, and yeah. and we're running low on our time, I just want to read Ephesians four, verses 29 to 32, and let scripture just speak for itself. Mm-hmm. So here it is. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Andy. Well, guys, we really better jump over to our conversation with Danielle Butler. She's the executive director of Family Promise of Wake County. So let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Perhaps you've asked yourself this question. Are you running the business or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name's Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. 
visit c3advantage.net. That's c3advantage.net. And welcome back from the break. We are here with our very special guest, Danielle Butler, who is the executive director with Family Promise of Wake County. Danielle, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to meet with us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we jump into what exactly Family Promise of Wake County is, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you got plugged into Family Promise? Sure. So again, I'm Danielle Butler, uh, currently executive director of Family Promise. Um, I am originally from New York. Hey, there you uh, go. <laughs> what, part of, what part of New York are you from? I grew up in Dutchess County. All right. I'm from Niagara Falls. So, Oh, my brother lives in Queensbury right now. There we go. See that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I went to school up there um, through uh, some adventures that we all have when we're younger. I, at one point in my life, have some lived experience of being homeless. Um, And when I uh, got things kind of settled in my life, I went back to school for social work and focused really on children and families and found my kind of home or niche working with um, children placed in residential placements. Um, so prior to working at Family Promise, um, I worked for another organization here in Wake County called Haven House yeah. uh, for eight years, um, being the director of their crisis and homeless programs. Um, and then the person that was in this position prior to me, um, she moved on to another agency and approached me and said, hey, you know, we do exactly what you do, but instead of with kids, we do it with whole families. And so it was my opportunity to kind of have the impact on the full family um, and not just the children. And so I was like, sure, let's go for it. And so I've been here for about a little over or close to five years now. Wow. Excellent. And what a great, I think most people that just have a passion for ministry, it comes out of their own experiences, like you just said. Mm -hmm. So you have experience being homeless and now you're working with families. And so tell everybody who may not know what Family Promise is about. Tell everybody what, what is it about? What's the mission and vision about it? What's behind it? Sure. So Family Promise is a pretty cool organization. And I don't just say that because I work here. (laughs) Um, We work with families who are experiencing homelessness. We are a true family shelter. So we can serve mom, dad, grandma's children. Um, We don't define the family. We allow the family to define the family. Um, And we're also unique in that we have a full continuum of services to take families from shelter to permanent housing. So we have a shelter, we have a transitional housing program, and we have two permanent housing programs. The one really, really super cool thing about our agency is our shelter program, which is how y'all are involved, is that we don't have a bricks and mortar shelter where families sleep. Um, We work with about 35 congregations across Wake County that provide shelter to our families on a weekly basis. Um, And so that's pretty awesome. It gives our families Um, exposure to um, different churches and ministries that they may not have the opportunity um, to see or interact with otherwise. And I think it's also a win for the congregations because they actually get to have some hands-on experience with the folks that they're actually impacting. Yeah. So let's talk about the shelter program a little bit, because as you just said, our our Wake Forest campus is actually going to be doing this at the time of this recording on Monday, uh, this next week. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is that all about? So, you know, bringing families in, and I know that things right now with coronavirus have been different. So I guess talk a little bit of both, because we don't know how long this is going to last. What is it typically like? And now, how have you all had a shift due to the coronavirus? 
Yeah, absolutely. So normally what it is, is um, where our offices are, um, is what we call our day center or a day shelter where our families can be during the day um, to meet with case managers to to do planning and exit planning and find housing options for them, um, as well as other uh, resources we have here for them. But in the evening from 6 p.m. to 7 a.m., they go they'll go to the church in the evening where the church will provide three meals for them. They'll provide them the hot dinner when they get there. Um, they'll provide them a place to sleep. Um, they'll do a bag lunch for them and they'll do breakfast in the morning and then they'll bring them back to the day center um, in the morning. Um, they have to be back here by 7 a.m. A lot of times people are like, wow, that's really, really early. Um, the reason for that is because we are the school bus stop for all Wake County public schools. So our kids don't oh, wow. have to switch schools or really? we don't have to tell the kids, hey, this kid's at this church this week and this church next week. Um, they just know to come pick them up here. Um, so that's why it's so early in the morning. Um, but right now, um, since most congregations are closed due to COVID, um, we actually have an apartment building that we own next door to our day shelter that we generally use for transitional housing. Um, and we just timing worked out. Uh, definitely feel that it was God's plan um, that we had some vacancies and we are now using those uh, vacant apartments to shelter the families um, in there as well. Um, and so we're still asking the congregations to be involved and to support us and still provide the meals for us right. during this time. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. I, I love that. I love that we get to be part of that as well. And we'll talk a little bit later about how churches and people can get involved. So you, you, you mentioned a word transitional and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we all understand that the goal is not for people and families to stay with you all forever. Yep. So it's a transitional period. So what exactly uh, and it's kind of answering the question of why this is so important and needed because you're just not a place for people to go. Uh, what are you doing to help people so that they can get through this phase of their life uh, to find permanent housing, to find jobs, to find a career? What What do you all do? What's the programs and the goals for that? Sure. So all of our programs um, are complemented with case management services. We provide supportive services to the family and each case manager will create a plan with the family that is, Um, individualized for that family's needs. So they'll probably have goals on income, employment, and housing, and we'll work with them through those. And and we can really focus on doing that case management work because we're not, um, our focus isn't other where where providing shelter and housing because the churches are helping us with that. Um, And so while they're in our programs, we look at each family and we look at what are their barriers. We all know, and I could go on for days, but I won't, (laughs) about affordable housing or lack thereof of affordable housing in Wake County, as well as uh, low vacancy rates. And so we really have to work with these families to uh, eliminate all their barriers to permanent housing. So while they're in our shelter and our transitional housing, Um, we're helping them pay off evictions. We're working with them through their credit plans to what, you know, if you have a past due, uh, utility bill or anything that's in their way or a barrier to permanent housing, we are working through those things so that once they get permanent housing, they stay in it. We don't want to see this cycle repeated generation to generation, which is often the case. Yeah. So speaking of that, I'm sure that over the last couple of years that you've been there, you've seen uh, a lot of great stories unfold. Uh, is there a particular story or testimony that you can share, obviously, within confidentiality uh, that you probably sure. are careful of, but uh, you know, what, what's one that just comes to your mind that was just such a great defining moment of why this ministry even exists? 
Yeah. So, um, yep. We always have those stories that we have permission to share. So let me, uh, so one of my favorite one is we have a single dad in our program, um, who was in this program when I started, um, and he has a history of, uh, he has a criminal history. He has a history of being involved in gangs and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, when this all happened, um, he had a daughter and when, uh, his daughter was born, um, mom kind of disappeared from the life. So he ended up being a single dad and having to raise her on his own. And he said, well, I need to provide and do better for her. Um, and so he kind of tried to, he, well, he did, he left the life, um, but it ultimately resulted in him being homeless. Um, and so he entered our program, he went through our shelter program, he went through our transitional housing program. Um, he actually connected with our plumber that we use who paid for him to go through plumbing school, um, and then hired him, um, and now he is a professional plumber and they are in their own permanent housing. Um, and he, he's doing great, but I'll never forget the day that he left to go to permanent housing. He stood in my office. He's a very, very tall gentleman. He's a very, very large gentleman and I'm five foot two. Um, and he towered over me and he just cried and he mm. just said, he felt like he was 18 again, going out on his own. And he thanked me for that. And I said, you did the work. Yeah. You did this. This is why we do it. And it was awesome. That is awesome. awesome. How many how many people at any given time are you all working with? Across our programs, any given day, we're working with about 40 families. Wow. Um, in a year, we work somewhere between uh, with 125 to 150 families a year. Wow. And so as you, as you look to the future of Family Promise and you see where you are now, what's next? What's, what's on the horizon of what you're hoping is going to happen here in the near future? I mean, ultimately, my goal is that, you know, we can end homelessness and y'all can put me out of a job. Um, But, you know, um, I think just making change in the community, um, I think involving our churches more and and letting them see not just on the direct care level with the shelter, how they can impact, um, impact our families, but trying to get them involved in a larger way in advocacy and in community involvement um, on the city and the county level um, to address the issue of affordable housing, that that's a big, huge goal for me. Yeah. What a great goal. I love that attitude, right? Get, work me out of a job. What yeah, a great please. thing that would be. <laughs> uh, what a great day that would be. So what is the biggest need that Family Promise has right now? Um, our biggest need right now, it, I mean... You know, if we're dreaming big, it's obviously housing, yeah, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, you know, but, you know, our families, it's so weird now because it's a hard question to answer with COVID. You know, um, COVID has really affected so much of our programming. But for our families, it's just affected their ability to meet their daily needs because many of them, probably about half of them have lost their jobs. Right. Um, so connections to jobs just. Um, you know, that housing, people giving our families a chance because they have so many barriers to even just getting employment. Um, but just basic needs like hygiene supplies, cleaning supplies, you know, we're trying to keep this a healthy and safe environment. So right. we need those Clorox wipes and all that other good stuff. Yep, yep. <laughs> all the stuff that everybody's going after as well. So how can people do that? What is the best way for people to help and to get involved 
And especially for churches, I like I said, I love that you all are partnering with churches and helping yeah, people yeah. get a, get a you know just that be that nearness to the church and the church community as well. So for people out there listening right now who are either churches or pastors or people that are going, hey, we can we can drop stuff off or we can volunteer and do different yeah. things. What first of all, answer the volunteer question. What volunteer sure. roles are there for people to play within Family Promise? Mm-hmm. Um, so normally there's a lot more than there are right now. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, normally we, we have volunteers that help man our day center on the weekend. So our staff can have some time off. We always need, you know, volunteers for landscaping help, maintenance help, uh, stuff like that. Um, we do life skills classes in the evening. So, um, volunteers to teach the classes, but other volunteers to also provide childcare um, and dinner to the kids while their parents are in the class. Um, to uh, you know, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, but right, right now our list. volunteer opportunities are a little bit limited just because we're trying to reduce contact. Sure. Um, so the best way to help is just through donations at this time. Um, you know, so we have an Amazon wish list. Um, that you can support. There's also a donation supply on our website, familypromisewake.org. Um, and then you can also contact our, call our offices at 919-832-6024 and ask for Carrie, who's our development and volunteer manager, and she can connect you in more specific ways. That's excellent. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Uh, I love what yeah. you're doing. And, and I I really do love that attitude and heartbeat of, wow, what a great city this would be to end homelessness, uh, to, to yeah. end that. Uh, so we're with you in that. And so for those of you listening right now, if you want to partner with a great organization, please check out Family Promise. And so Danielle, one more time, give us the website and the phone number one more time. Absolutely. So it's familypromisewake.org. And 919-832-6024. And you can ask for Danielle or Carrie. Excellent. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining and listening to our program today. And thank you to Crossroads Fellowship and the Truth Network for making this show possible. You can find out more information about Crossroads Fellowship at crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.